Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, The people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It seems to me that part of our very unusual Gospel reading today has to do with promises that are made when one gets married. And this morning I challenge you to ask, by asking, what is a promise worth? All of us wrestle with that question, and many might say it depends. A promise to a loan officer that you might repay? A promise to a four-year-old that you will come and play? A promise to your beloved that you will call? Or how about that same promise to someone you don't know so well? What we do with those promises, both those we make and those we receive, says much about us. It also says much about God. Now, there are many articles, many books, many essays, and, of course, many, many sermons written about God. What I have learned over the years is the first thing that must be known about God is that God keeps God's promises. The fact that God makes and keeps promises floats in the background of our gospel story about this confrontation between Jesus and the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees, as you probably know, were the religious group or the the religious party that were prominent among the well-to-do and the powerful in Jerusalem. You can see in the stories of Luke chapter 20 that the various forces are in opposition to Jesus, and they're gathering and circling and marshalling. These Sadducees ask Jesus a question that's only meant to ensnare him. For the Sadducees themselves, as Luke notes, are not interested in the resurrection at all. And Jesus answers them by quoting the only religious authorities that the Sadducees would recognize, the written Torah, those 
five books of the Bible attributed to Moses. And long before he became a religious leader, long before he became a lawgiver, Moses was out standing in the wilderness up to his armpits in sheep that belonged to his father-in-law. And as you'll remember from the Sunday school story, one day Moses noticed a scrub brush burning without being consumed, and Moses went over to investigate. His investigations brought him before the God of Israel, who there calls and claims Moses to be part of God's plan, to redeem his people and bring them out of bondage. Moses walks away from that encounter to be an agent of God's work in fulfilling a promise. Fulfilling a promise. That's how God works. But that's not how we work, is it? Or how it usually seems to work for us. Because for us, promises are conditional. It's conditioned upon the fact that I will actually be there to fulfill that promise. And for all I know, death might take me today. Death does away with all of our promises, no matter how heartfelt, no matter how sincere, no matter how important. Death is the power that propels and invalidates our promises. You remember, even as children, we would cross our hearts and hope to die. A promise that invokes something sacred by making the sign of the cross over our hearts and invoking death upon us if we fulfill our promise, if we fail to fulfill our promise. I think that's pretty heady stuff for a schoolyard. But the penalties that are prescribed for broken promises are just variations of how death works in the promises we make. We say to one another, see you tomorrow, but we have no ultimate power to make that promise come true. Perhaps we will see our friend, our coworker, our loved one, but our promises are not guarantees. They are not unconditional. And I think that's what makes Jesus' statement today so wonderful. The Sadducees misunderstand, thinking that all promises are unconditional and tied to the power of death. And if there is a resurrection, well then where is the power of the promise? Because as we remember, all seven of those men were married to that woman until death parts them. But the power of God's love is different. And his promises are unconditional. Those that stand in the Lord's presence no longer have death as their enemy. And they're no longer like those who bind themselves to promises made good by death. But God keeps his promises. And he has promised to be the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. And Jesus says, how could he continue to be their God if they were no longer, if death had claimed them? Please notice from this encounter with the Sadducees, Luke tells us that this trap fell upon Jesus rather quickly. The circle had tightened, and the authorities were certain that they had their man. 
all those promises that Jesus had made up until now, they would be ended by his death. For as the Sadducees believed, all promises are conditional. All promises end up sealed in a tomb, buried in a lockbox, stuffed in a file drawer, hidden away in a child's keepsake box. But, but for those who are claimed by God, those who are children of the resurrection, those who are buried with Christ by the mystery of baptism, are not like those whose promises are conditional. To do something, anything, in the name of Christ who has defeated death means that something extraordinary can happen. Because in God, anything is possible. Bushes burn without being consumed. A people enslaved are made free. A man crucified is raised. And a nation of saints is brought into existence. Because God keeps his promises. Always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.